0: Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Dive In. I'm your host, Simran Sandhu, and today I'm joined by Tomer Barziv, who is the co-founder and CEO of IronSource, the leading platform that helps app developers monetize their apps, enabling them to create great businesses. Now, ever since the company started back in 2010, they've grown very quickly, and now they have over 2.6 billion monthly active users on their platform. And if you're sitting there wondering why all of this may sound so familiar, it's because they just went public in one of the largest SPAC deals ever, valued at over $11 billion. Now, before we get started, I want to give a special shout out to our sponsor, DeliverN, which is making it safer to shop on marketplaces like Facebook and Craigslist. With that, let's dive in. Tomer, so excited to have you join us. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Yeah, happy Thursday and also congratulations on recently going public. We'll talk more about that, but before we do, I want to talk about the beginning. 11 years ago when you first started Iron Source back in Israel, what was the spark? What inspired the idea and what made you want to go and turn it into a company?
1: Wow, it's uh it's always amazing. Yeah, it's it, thank you for asking that. It's always amazing for me to remember how this all started, but uh you know, the, the the real story is that it happened completely, completely by mistake. Uh, we, when we started this, we had no intention, intention to build a company, let alone a big one. It was a bunch of uh, friends uh, knowing that we want to do something together. Each one of us was doing uh, different stuff and we, we knew each other for so long and we always knew we wanted to do something together. Um me it started more of a necessity Uh, i was a father to a young uh family and i wanted to find my way um and and i was very much uh attracted to the idea of doing something with my partners we didn't know at the time what exactly it will be how it will evolve we truly had no idea that it will evolve into what Source is today we just wanted to do stuff together all so before I started this company with uh, originally with three other co-founders, they are, they are our family. They are our three brothers and myself. And later on, uh, when we merged with other with Volonet down the road, this is basically when Source, as we know it today really started. But it was the four of us, uh, uh, all four are computer scientists. We wanted to do uh, stuff together, and this is how it all started. But pretty much by mistake, to be honest.
0: Well, that's great. It's so important to have a great relationship with your co-founders. And there was already a strong bond there.
1: Yeah, to me, it's all about that, right? You know, there, every everyone has his own, you know, internal operating system and what uh, makes them tick, right? But for me, it's about the people you do it with. Uh, that's the one thing I knew for sure that we got it right. Uh, we wanted to do stuff together. And and at that point, and pretty much uh, uh, all along the way, I didn't care that much what is it exactly that we'll be doing as long as I knew who I'm doing it with. Uh, So to me, the the partnership and I also truly has a very unique story because we are eight founders in the company. It's, uh, I, 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 again, I always say I don't know of any company with this amount of founders that have sticked together for all this time, right? We're all here in the company uh, active and running the company, uh, I, I think that's a great testament of how deep and uh, and uh, serious our relationship is, our partnership is. So, to me personally, that's what uh, drove me all along the way to choose right who I do it with and and give all of myself into this partnership.
0: Seven other co-founders. Wow. I know there's a previous bond there but how difficult was it to keep that alignment and make sure that everyone was on the same page
1: It's difficult beyond uh, words right it's it's uh, uh it's it's very difficult to get along with one co-founder let alone with another 7 uh, but 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 it's not it, it's but it's fine right it's not about the difficulty itself it's about what you can create together and and as with any relationship, right, personal or business relationship, you uh, it takes a little bit of time to really know how to work with each other. right? Uh, as as human beings, our initial intuition is to try and change the people around us so that they can fit us more. But then you discover that it's the other way around. It's you who need to adapt and to accommodate. And I think we've uh, we've managed to do that really, really nicely. At some point, we simply stop trying to change each other and just accept the group as it is and uh, work as a group. So, yeah, it's very difficult, but um, but I'm happy we, we managed to do this.
0: And I don't know too much about the startup ecosystem in Israel at the time, but what was that like? And in your experience, how did it evolve over time?
1: Yeah, so look, to me, it's, again, it's fascinating to see what happened in Israel in the last decade or so, right? So Israel was is very well known and, and very often is a synonym to the startup nation, right? Every other person here has a startup, uh, it's about, and it's great because there is a lot of entrepreneurial spirit in the Israeli tech ecosystem. Um, but we're also very good, very well known for building startups and selling them very early. But that has fundamentally changed, right? In the last decade, you see huge, very big, market-leading uh, uh, companies, not just startups, uh, coming out of Israel. Uh, the week uh, the week we went public, there I think there are other four, or five Israeli companies uh, going public. I don't know the, the, the exact number, but very significant. So, and what's nice to see is that the in the Israeli tech ecosystem, an entrepreneur and 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 a founder groups and and the investors today really want to build very very big companies, not just small startup that will end up uh, selling themselves very early. So, I think it all started. Uh, when we, uh, and, and other similar companies like us, started their journey about a decade ago uh, with a clear mission to build something that is very, very significant. We wanted to be a market-leading uh, company, not just in, uh, in the Israeli tech ecosystem, but worldwide. And I think that has fundamentally changed the Israeli tech ecosystem.
0: Very cool. I didn't know that. Now, when you guys were in the early stages of your company, how receptive were the app developers initially? Were you guys getting traction, or was it a difficult push in the beginning?
1: Yeah, so, so again, with, uh, with so many other great things that happened to us, it also happened kind of by mistake, right? So initially initially, I also started with us developing tools for our own internal needs. In other words, we were the app developers, the software developers that we serve today meaning we, uh, we, we were a, a bunch of, of uh, uh, developers that wanted to do something together. And we started by developing tools for our own internal needs to promote our products, whether it was um, uh, tools to better monetize, to better distribute, to better deliver our products to the end users. And what happened is that we grew very fast. Um, and we were when we were talking to uh, our friends, other developers at other companies, that they were asking us, "Hey, how how come you managed to grow so fast? What's what, what's the secret sauce? What's going on?" And we it, it was re- very revolutionary for us because we understood at some point very early on we understood that our initial assumption was that the tools that we were developing for ourselves. They existed for everyone else out there, and everyone else was using their own internal tools and so on. And we discovered this wasn't the case that we were, automi- uh, we were automating uh, things that other people were simply doing manually. Those tools didn't exist, and this is when we decided to shift the company from being kind of a B two C company to being a B two B to 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 to, uh, 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 to build a platform of all the different solutions that, again, originally were designed for our own internal needs and offered them as a service to people like us, to other developers. And I think this was uh, when the app ecosystem really started to uh, to evolve and to um, develop. And we understood there is a huge inefficiency in the way app developers were tackling their, their challenges. And we were there to offer them the solution. But again, it started with us developing it for ourselves and discovering that there was a huge uh, a huge potential by uh, by by giving this product giving this offering this platform to other developers and uh this is how how we develop how we discovered that that potential that need in the ecosystem
0: okay and along the way you guys have been very focused on m a as a growth tool even over the past year you've acquired two different companies in the space so on a broader level how do you think about acquisitions
1: so look i we we fundamentally believe and we 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 believe that very very early on that if you're really serious about building a very big company uh you need to 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 apply every possible let's call it technique or or use every tool that you can uh take from your toolbox to to expedite that growth and I, I understood that there is, I, I, I couldn't think of even one company that managed to become really huge only organically, only by developing uh, uh, organically their, their solutions. At some point, you want to be the market consolidator. So you start applying M&As. But one of the problems is, uh, I, in my opinion, is that people apply, companies apply that technique, that M&A strategy too late. Uh, uh, because it's uh, being able to 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 do uh, well to 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 perform well doing M and A's, it's like a muscle. You need to you need to develop that muscle early on. So we thought that uh, we were a very profitable company, we we're growing super fast, and we wanted to grow even faster. So we started doing M and A's very very early on and developing our own strategy of how to do uh, and how to do the right M and A's, how to to recognize. And to discover the right potential targets and how to act um, upon them and uh, how to merge them and how to buy them efficiently um and and i'm very happy we did that early on because uh, growing both organically and non-organically uh was and still is a very important factor uh, for our growth and and i'm sure it's also going to be the the trajectory going forward and To us, what what inspires us or what drives us is to find the right cultural fit. There are a lot of great products out there. There are a lot of great companies out there. But it's not enough to be a great company or have a great product. You, uh, As a market consolidator or someone who's about to buy a company, you need to make sure that you also have a cultural fit. It's not just a, a technology fit, an algorithm uh, the, the, the algorithms, the product the, it's mostly about the people to be able to recognize who are the targets that would fit your culture, your uh, trajectory, your, your values and make sure that uh, that we fit and that we fit to each other right that, that I'm also the, 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 the that I'm, I'm also the right person, the right group. So the potential targets, um, and that's what inspires us. And we always try to add additional solutions to our platform. But first and foremost, it's driven by us being able to recognize uh, a great talent and great group of people that we want to partner with. And this was also the case in the last two acquisitions.
0: Right. And that makes sense. But how do you gauge the cultural fit? I mean, it's kind of a difficult thing to measure since there's not really a quantitative angle to it.
1: So I try to spend significant, insignificant time with the potential targets, meaning I want to get, to, I want to really get to know them, right? So I want to engage in a conversation with them that is not just about business. I want to, I want to see if I like them, right? They don't necessarily have to become my best friends the day after, but they, I need to care about them, right? So you need to spend enough time with them trying to assess who they really are as human beings, as a person, and, and if there is a cultural uh, if there is a cultural fit. And and part of that is being able to engage in conversations that are not a derivative of an Excel spreadsheet, right? Is let's talk about life, let's get together, let's spend some time, so let's talk about our families, let's talk about our hobbies, let's talk about what we want to do when we grow up. Um, and, and 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 engage in random conversations, and not just with the founders, not just with the CEO, but with random people at the company try to assess if um, to me, it's uh, at the end of the day, at the very last uh, minute before signing a deal, uh, I try to ask myself if the people I've met uh, during the process are people that I would I would start a new company with, uh, right? If you and I were to start a company together, right, we we it would be it would be done from from a place where we really want to to create something right together, and that we want to do this together. Uh, so I try to ask myself if uh, uh, this group of individuals were, are people that I really want to, uh, uh, say, start a new company with. And if the answer is not a clear yes, then it doesn't matter what the Excel spreadsheets say. Uh, we don't do it uh, because successful M&As are not, again, an, an output of an Excel spreadsheet. It's it's more, I, I, I often say it's more art than science.
0: It sounds so simple when you say it out loud, but I just feel like it's one of those things that founders probably don't spend too much time thinking about.
1: I agree. I agree. And this is why many, many of the M&As out there are unsuccessful. Uh, but, if, but some of them, few of them, if you do them right, and if you uh, really understand who are the people behind the numbers and behind the technologies and behind the products, then you can get it right. Look, IronSource is a great example of that, right? We are eight founders. Uh, uh, all of us came through uh, mergers and acquisitions of other companies that we've uh, done a- along the way. And we all stick together for over a decade, right? So it shows that if you do it right, it's successful. And I think we are, uh, I often say we, we are a poster boy of how to do this right.
0: Right, and clearly the numbers reflect that too. You guys just went public in one of the largest SPAC deals ever with Toma Bravo. So why now? And why did you decide to do it via SPAC rather than a traditional listing?
1: Sure. So look, the the it's also an interesting and funny story because when when we uh got a phone call from Toma Bravo, we were very, very deep, like really deep into the traditional IPO process. Uh we're we're about to become public through a traditional IPO right and and back then you can imagine that that then uh, every every SPAC out there was calling us uh again because of our financial profile and the market leadership and and we decided we we're going to go through a traditional IPO um mostly by the way because we didn't really understand that vehicle I didn't understand the nuances of the SPAC versus a traditional IPO and there weren't a lot of people I could talk to that already did that, uh, surely not on our size. But frankly, it all changed when, when we got a call from Orlando Bravo and Robert from Toma Bravo. And uh, uh, we were introduced to a mutual friend. And um, immediately when we started talking, in the very first call, you could tell that uh, there is a great culture, again, going back to what I said earlier, a great cultural fit. Um, Thomas Bravo, we of course we all knew of them. Again, them being probably the most successful software investor out there. So when they when they they call you, take that call. That's for sure. But then we discovered that there are people uh, uh, behind behind the line that really care about building a great company, that really care about working very closely with the management teams, uh, and that we share the same values and that we share share the same culture and view of how. To build a great company and for us it was a very a, a easy decision to switch from a traditional ipo that again i'm telling you we were very very deep already into that process to do this with orlando and with robert with toma bravo because it was the it was the best of both worlds right is it was to go uh and become public but with potentially the best uh sponsor the best partner that could help us and. Orlando Bravo agreed to join our board. Uh, I don't think he joins many boards out there, um, but he loved the company, loved the management team. He agreed to join uh, and we became partners. So for us, it was a uh, relatively easy decision to uh, switch into uh, doing this uh, through a spec. And it was mostly driven by um, us wanting to partner, to really partner with Tom Bravo.
0: Got it. So again, the relationship was a huge factor. And just looking ahead here, your company already has billions of monthly active users, and this is also an important part I'd like to point out. But more than eighty-seven percent of the top one hundred games use your platform. So, what's next for Iron Source, and how do you plan to continue shaping the app economy?
1: So, yeah. So, look, we are we are a platform for the app economy, right? We serve uh, uh, the the. We, when we build our platform, when we think about the app economy, uh, we identify two main constituents of that app economy. On one hand, we have the app developers. Today, we're very well, well known for a solution for game developers, but already today, our platform serves also other types of app developers, and also the telcos, right? Which is, uh, there are another very important constituent of the app economy. So we have one platform serving all this app economy. And we're super excited about it because, if you think about the app economy, what it really means, right? So, we all use our phones uh, every day, right? We spend many hours. So, we spend over five hours a day using our phones. And everything we do on our phones is through apps, right? Uh, 83% of the time we spend on our phones is we spend them in apps, in the apps that we have. So, and we download billions and billions of those apps every year. To our devices hence what we describe as the app economy right so uh we're very excited about building a platform to serve that that app economy now that we're public we're gonna grow even faster and stronger than ever ever before again growing both organically and unorganically we want to truly be the platform of choice for every app developer out there not just the game developers and for every telco out there uh, so we can uh, so we can enable and better serve them with our business platform, so that content creators, app developers, can focus on one just one thing, which is creating great content, and rely on us as as their business platform to to help them become a better, stronger, sustainable standalone business.
0: And Tomer, what would be your one piece of advice that you'd like to share with aspiring entrepreneurs or just the next generation of founders?
1: So I often say that you know, I uh, my best advice for people is uh, don't listen to other people's advice and just follow follow your instincts. But, but and I'm serious about that. But the one advice I I I, I do give people, if if being asked, is um, choose right who you partner with. Uh, the one decision you want to get right is who uh, your co-founders are going to be, who you're going to share this uh, uh, moment in your life of building a company uh, and, and, and building a tra- changing a market, building a market. And sometimes, uh, very often, you, you, you see situations where companies start with one idea and at some point they pivot to a different idea and that's perfectly fine. But in my experience, the one thing that you want to get right from the beginning because if you don't, then it will be devastating. Is who you choose to to do this to to embark into this journey with. So my best advice is choose people you really love, people you really want to create something with. Um, and you know, as in your personal life, also in in your career, uh, choose your partners right.
0: All right, great advice from the one and only Tomer Barziv, the co-founder and CEO of IronSource. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, take care, everyone. Cheers.